worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Okay. So, yes, our topic today is um, walking in the spirit. It's a very familiar um, phrase, very, a very familiar topic. And we have two main um, scriptural references. First one is Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Let me get my note. From, um, sorry, hold on, let me get it. Galatians chapter 5 from verse 16 to 26. That's the first one. And the second one is Romans chapter 8 from verse 9 to 17. So one person can read Galatians 5, 16 to 26. Another person will help us with Romans 8, 9 to 17. But we'll start off with Galatians 5, 16 to 26. Anyone wants to read for us for the first one? Um, Galatians 5, 16 to 26. And it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. This is the word of the Lord. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Afu. <clears throat> and then, does someone want to read um, Romans 8? Romans 8, 9, that's it. Did I get it right? Yes, Romans 8 from verse 9 to 17, yes. No one else wants to read. Romans 8, 9 to 17. Yes, 9 to 17. I read, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, we shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may, that we may be also glorified together. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Um, so, yes. Um, so, these are the two scriptures, but of course, we know that there are more scriptures that talk about walking in the spirit, but it's because it's a very, um, it's a very broad um topic you know so we'll just be dealing with these two scriptures and anyone that you know god leads us as we speak so we start off with galatians chapter 5 from verse 16 and um what i'll do is i'll just open it up and then i'll just leave it to just you know for each person to based on what we've read to just give their input like i said even though i have a lot here, but I want us to um, thread it out together. So this, I'll just start off with this Galatians 5, um, when you read it in context, you see everything. Paul, you know, just starts off um, in this chapter, 
urging believers to stand fast and remain in the freedom and um, liberty that Christ has brought them into and not become entangled again with, a, with the yoke of bondage. Um, specifically, he was talking about you know, them trying to uh, 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 gain their way or them trying to get salvation or walk their salvation or get salvation through circumcision, through the physical circumcision, but which we know that the true circumcision is the circumcision of the heart. You know, so Paul was just telling them who, who, um, why have you, why are you trying to go back to that which God has brought you out from? You know, but um, this freedom in Christ that he's talking about, which he begins to reveal, says this freedom is unto the righteousness of God. You know, being free from sin and the hold of the flesh or the sinful nature. Freedom from that to be able to follow, serve and worship God wholeheartedly. You know, and but this is made possible by the enablement and the quickening of the spirit of God. And not, and this freedom that we have in Christ, you know, that's where before we not even come to 16. Where he now says in verse 13, he says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, you know, but through love serve one another. So now that you're free, you know, the the the, the realm of the flesh is in great kahoot with self. You know, when someone is operating in the flesh, it is all about self. Self. Self is the main character. You know, but now that you're free, it says now that you're you have the power by the enablement of the spirit which you have now received in Christ. The freedom you have got, use it now, not again to indulge in the ways of the flesh or to go back, but now through love to serve one another. You know, um, then he says in 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, but he says, but if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Um, so this freedom is um, not unto bondage again unto the flesh, but by the spirit through love, use it to our freedom in Christ to serve one another for he who follows God this way will fulfill the law, which it says the law and will operate above the law, which is the law of Moses. So it goes on to say in 16, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the law. I, I think this, this verse is like the summary of everything. It's like a summary. But before I go on, I just if we can just um, what, what do we understand by this? I mean, it's broad, but like I said, it's a summary of everything that is going to be said. But I just want us to just, you know, just 
thread it out a bit, just share. What, what, what do we understand by this verse? What is he saying here? Does anyone want to? Just give us a brief intro on what Paul is saying in verse 16. I know we all understand, at least have an understanding of what he's saying. So, anyone? You want to say something? Yeah, well, I was, I was going to relate that verse to another verse that I read uh, okay. a couple of days ago, which is uh, uh, Luke 9, verse 23. And it says, okay. uh, it says, then then he said to them, or oh, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Um, how I feel it relates to that is that um, you know, you see, this this world is a daily struggle that we as Christians go through to, and it's a struggle between the spirit and the flesh. Yeah. And um, it's a daily thing um, because daily challenges, um, you know, come up to, to test our faith, to test our love for God, um, yeah. you know, and, um, it's 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 easier to to fall for those things if you are you know you are walking in the flesh mm. it would if you are walking in the flesh it will seem you know normal casual um even sometimes relatable mm. In, in your engagement with that activity. Um, however, if you are working in the spirit, you would subconsciously recognize that, you know, what you are doing or whatever the flesh proposes or whatever, you know, you see in front of you from, you know, you, you would subconsciously know that okay, this particular thing doesn't please God, mm. and the way I see it is that you know in life, you know that your your life is really determined by your env environment, and as we walk in the you know through the journey of life, 
there are two things that affect our environment is you know the the people the people you engage with and the activities you do mm. so the people that you engage with can help strengthen your spirit man or strengthen your flesh man the activities the, the, the activities then that you then end up doing are then sort of brought to you by the people you engage with or the things you 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 fool yourself with daily so is is important as Christians that we are conscious of you know the people that the, the, I'm, I'm trying to like make it practical but mm. it, is is important as Christians that we are conscious about the people that we engage with, you know, on a daily basis, and the activities that you choose to get yourself involved in. So that's that's my two cents. Thank you so much, Shafo. Yes, it's uh, it's uh, very related to um. Um, that of carrying your cross every day, which is which we we'll talk about, um, even as we go on, how it also very much relates to that Luke nine twenty three that you mentioned. You know, practically, practically. But thank you so much. No one else wants to share something before we. What is understood by that verse? I say, then walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Yes. Did somebody want to say something? I don't. I I, I don't know. That is quite much. much. Is, and I don't want to to. So can you go in the direction that of of the understanding that I have concerning it? Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to hold on to what I have. Do you get okay. like it's not? Yeah. I understand. Like if I should go into it, 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 it will link to so many things. So yeah. so for me, there's a lot. That's my okay. main stuff. Self. That's why. Okay. Okay. Okay, let me just then use of that. Like I said, I might not even want to because I want to give, you know, each and every one of us just time to share at least um, the heart of what they got from this whole, um, from the two scriptures that we read. So I will just quickly run through at least some things that I have here. Um. So when we look at that verse, it says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill. To fulfill is to, is to, um, to achieve something, to bring into fusion something, to give birth to something. You shall not, you know, um, fulfill the lust or the passionate desires or cravings of the flesh. You shall not give birth to it. He says, for 
the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So the things that the flesh desires are always against that which the spirit desires. That which the spirit desires are always against what the flesh desires. And these two, like I said, they are always, you know, at war. And it says so that you do not do the things that you wish. Um, let me, you know, but for as 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 like I said, when you read the whole um, chapter, you see Paul is talking about the freedom that they have come to in Christ. You know, freedom from the from the hold of sin. Excuse me. Freedom from the hold of sin. Um. So we now have in Christ, we are given the power by the Spirit of God to be to to decide to be able to rise or live above these things because when we come into Christ, you know, and as that linking that scripture that I full mentioned, you say he who desires to follow me should you know take up his cross, deny himself. So the first thing deny. So take up his cross daily and follow me. So we're given when we decide to take on the life of Christ, because there's only that life that is able to live above the flesh, that is able to live above sin, above the world, above self, above Satan, and even above the law. So when we take on that life, you find out that there is something that you also have to be doing. There's something you have to be doing to continually move in that direction. But the, the, the gift that we have in Christ, one of the gifts that we have in Christ is the power by the Spirit of God to be able to do this. Without Christ, it is impossible. Or without the Spirit of God, it's impossible because the cure to the flesh is the spirit. And I just want to quickly read Romans 6, Romans 6, 12 to 14. Romans 6, 12 to 14 says, says, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. I like the way, let me just read it in the Passion Translation. So Paul is trying to give them an information in, in this few verses says in the, the Passion Translation. It says, sin is a dethroned monarch. So you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. 
So then refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness. Instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now for his pleasure, ready to be used for his noble purpose. Remember this sin will no longer conquer you, for God already has. You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. So he first starts off saying, sin is dethroned. God has conquered sin. So when you have that information and you know that God has given us his spirit, so when you know that, he's now saying, do not, when he says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the, the, the desires of the lust of the flesh, meaning walk now in this new life, which is now in the spirit. And as you continue to submit to the spirit, you will not give birth to, to, to the things that the flesh is desiring. So even if the temptation comes, do not answer the call. You have the power to resist and to what? Block that call or to not answer that call. So here it reveals you are now under grace, right? And I realize because for us to be under grace, it means that we must be submitted and under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because that is the only way we can be quickened or helped to be able to live above sin, above the world, above flesh, above self, above Satan, and above the law. As the Holy Spirit in us is God's grace given to us so we can live as he lives. Because the Spirit of God, like I said, is God's grace given to us. So God gives us his spirit so that as he is above all things, we too can have that life and live through the power of the spirit. But the way to live through the power of, of the spirit, which as, as we, before I even go there at the end, where Paul says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So to walk in the spirit is basically to submit to the spirits. So now that we have liberty, in that Romans is Paul is saying, do, do no longer, don't no, do no longer yield your body to obey the demands of the flesh, because now you have the power to say no, to resist the cravings or the desires of the flesh. Instead, let's use that power to go further and yield our vessels unto God, unto righteousness. So, 18, whenever, he, as he says, oh, these two are, they are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now says, but if you choose to be led by the spirit, if you now choose the spirit, the spirit life, then you are not under the law. So the law, here's how I see it. The law is that force that is there to 
to first of all to expose sin and then to deal with and condemn flesh or sin. So whenever we are operating in the flesh, we obviously be condemned by the law. But when we live by the spirit, we live above the realm of the law. We live above the realm of the law. Because, because the flesh is already, is already a condemned pathway. It's already a pathway that is judged. So anything that falls into that pathway leads to the end that has been meted out to that pathway of the flesh, which is corruption and death. But as Paul revealed that the pathway of the spirit leads to what? Life and peace. So anything that attaches itself on that pathway of the flesh, the law will rise up and condemn it. Because again, that pathway has been, has been, uh, 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 what's the name? Has been judged. So the flesh, you know, the flesh seeks to, um, the flesh is like this. How do I even put it? The flesh is like, you know, uh, uh, it, what it seeks to do is to, is to, whenever it brings up those desires, what it's trying to do is to lead that vessel or lead a person into the pathway of corruption and death. So Paul is saying, but if you live by the spirit, you will not fulfill, though it will come, though it will call, though it will bring, it will, it will demand, it will say, oh, do it this way, do it that way. We now have the power to resist. And the flesh seeks to sabotage anything that we seek to do, even the good things, even good things. It doesn't matter whether good or evil, if it comes from the realm of the flesh, it is, let me even say the good things. Even if it's a good thing, if it comes from the realm of the flesh, it's, it doesn't, it never leads to the desires or the purposes of God. So one scripture that comes to mind is, you know, when uh, somewhere in James, it says that the anger of man or the wrath of man does not produce or cannot produce the righteousness of God. Now, it doesn't matter if that anger is justified. It doesn't matter if that anger is, 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 is a, you have to, you know, maybe someone offended you or did wrong to you. And then you, you know, you moved in the flesh to react in the anger that the flesh is, you know, even though you are, is right, or even though it's, you, you, you are justified to respond that way. Once it comes from that realm, it will never, and it can never produce what God desires or the purposes of God, because no flesh can glory in God. Flesh cannot please God. Flesh cannot glory God, no matter how good it is, once it comes from that realm. So the flesh seeks to sabotage. So, for example, you want to do something. Sometimes you want to do something good, but it came from the realm of the flesh. So the, the flesh begins to sabotage 
it and begins to bring up, okay, for example, you want to give somebody something and then the flesh comes up and wants you to do, the flesh wants you to do that maybe because, you know, you receive praise or you receive something or something that just pertains to self. At that point in time, the spirit of the Lord might tell you, don't do it. Not because in itself, giving is not good or that act in itself is not good. But at that point in time, it's already corrupted by the flesh. It's already what inspired it is flesh. So at that point, it's evil. It's, not, it's no longer good. So when we're now saying, uh, uh, okay, before I even go there, I wrote here, it is whomever, so it is whomever we subscribe to that we bear fruit unto. If we yield or subscribe to the flesh, we will give birth to the things of the flesh. But if we yield and submit to the spirit, we will give birth to the things of the spirit. For the flesh profits nothing. But corruption and death but the spirit gives and produces life and peace when we operate in the flesh we cannot please god like i said even if we wanted to which is said in the, the other scripture the romans it's somewhere in romans it, it says the carnal mind is enmity against god it is not it, it 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 is not subject to the law of god and we know that in in the new covenant the law of god is the spirit, is in the spirit of God. So what he's saying is the carnal-minded person can never be subject, cannot submit to the law of God, cannot submit to the spirit because it is enmity against that which is spirit. Now says that the, the, the carnal-minded cannot please God even if he wanted to. Because it, it can't. So, you realize both pathways have their end product. But it's whomever we yield our vessels to that will produce fruit unto so each time we make decisions influenced by either the flesh or the spirit, it is one step further towards the end product of that pathway that we choose or whatever pathway that we choose. It is one step further to the pathway that we choose and one step backward to the path that we did not choose, whether it's the spirit or the flesh. So, um, he goes on to begin to uh, 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 describe or to show us the evidence of the flesh. When you see things like this, okay, he says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are idolatry, fornication, uncleanness, lordness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things 
will not inherit the kingdom of God. When I was reading this today, that's why I realized that, you know, when I said that even the flesh seeks to sabotage anything that you want to do, both the good, of course, the evil is already evil, but even both the good things that you seek to do, it seeks to sabotage it. And I realized that some of these things, you know, it says the works of the flesh are evident or are made manifest. When you see these things, you know, okay, this is a product of the desires of the flesh. I now realize that some of these things that are mentioned here, in the before it gets to some of these things, in its uh, 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 beginning stage, it might come from a, a, how do I put it? It might come from a, a good thing or a rightful thing that in your side that you seek to do. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it might come from a sincere act. Yes, it might come from good intentions. It might come from a sincere, it might come from something that is right, well, that is right in your own eyes. For example, that, that there's no, uh, um, um, in itself, it's not bad, but just because it came from that realm, of the flesh. So, for example, let me use adultery or fornication as an example. This now, maybe with, it never started out as the person just, some, many times it never starts out that, okay, the person wants to commit adultery or fornication. Maybe it started off as, hmm, okay, just have the desire, hmm, Check out this person or say hello to this person. Now we ask ourselves, is saying hello to somebody or reaching out to somebody, is it bad? No, it's not. Then uh, 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 speak to this person. Then you begin to speak to this person. Okay, ask. Since for guys, okay, ask ask her this question. You know, you begin to talk, you know, before you know it, guys are talking every day. And then now, talking to somebody, even the opposite sex, is there's nothing, it's not bad in itself. There's nothing there. But because that whole uh, adventure, or that whole act or that whole journey was stirred up or was inspired by the flesh. Because the flesh has a desire. There's one desire, but because whenever we are not in the spirit, like uh, uh, something I said earlier, once you are in the spirit, you can, the spirit can help you to spot ah, this thing. You can plot the graph and say, ah, if, I, if I continue in this route, or if I start this thing, <laughs> It might lead to somewhere that I don't want to end up. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I realized that many of these things didn't might not start off as oh, you 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 took off to to commit fornication or you took off. Yes, yeah, some sometimes that's it. But sometimes it starts off from sincere things or things that didn't you know you just started off from a conversation and from a conversation it turned to 
okay. Now the flesh will now say, ah, why don't you why don't you see her again? You like how you first see her again, and then <laughs> you see the person again, and then your soul begins to like it. <laughs> and then <laughs> the flesh now comes up and say, why don't you invite invite this person? You know, just have a lunch and now. When the flesh is, is 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 suggesting these things, it doesn't tell the vessel that the end goal is adultery or the end goal is fornication or the end goal is something. It is only by the spirit, it's only a man of the spirit that can know. Maybe that time the flesh brings up that idea, you check it by the spirit of God. Should I then you you feel a resistance in your spirit. Don't. Do you understand? So, you don't. So, you see how practically it is wise, of course, to always walk. So, Paul says, walk in the spirit, meaning continue, live your life by yielding to the spirit sometimes you want to go somewhere you want to do a particular action spirit of god comes or you have this check in your spirit not to do it now on a different day on another on another day if it came from the realm of the spirit you find out that it will always produce that which is pleasing to god so the same person maybe the spirit of god says reach out to this person and say this and then reach out to the person and say this and the person is, is like oh thank you so much you know that's the word i wanted to or something like that or at that particular point in time they needed to hear that or they need or it says reach out to the best this person and give this person as to when the flesh suggests the very same thing. So what I'm saying is, whether good or bad, the flesh just seeks to sabotage everything that we seek to do. So I was just trying to, you know, uh, mention that some of these things here, they don't start off as, or it doesn't look like the works of the flesh at the beginning, even outbursts of wrath. It might come from, you know, uh, 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 a, a, a genuine offense that somebody, you know, a genuine thing that somebody, you know, uh, 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 offense that somebody brought your way. And then you are justified by your actions, by, by your, by your, by your outburst. But scripture tells us that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Yes, the person offended you, but that response was not from the spirit. So it will never produce, it will only produce the works of the flesh. So that's just what I, I, I realized that many of this did, might not come, might not start off as the works of the flesh, but it came from that realm. As long as it comes from that realm, it will always lead to corruption. And what death, you know. Um, but he now says, 
um, as he says, okay, I told you in time past that those who practice these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It says, against such, there is no law. There is nowhere in the world where if you practice this, even in the most wicked regime, if you practice these things, there is no law against these things, against love, against joy, against peace, against long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's actually no law against these things. But if you go back to the works of the flesh, yes, these things are against spiritual laws, but even some of them are, if you commit them, even the laws of man will prosecute you. Like if you murder somebody, apart from the fact that it's, 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 it goes against the laws of God, it also goes against the laws of man, which the person will go to jail for, for murder. You know? Um, so, You know, when, we, when, when, when Paul was talking about the freedom, about the liberty that we have in Christ, you know, um, I wrote here, true freedom, true freedom isn't immoral. You know, true freedom isn't without some form of restriction. Or I don't want to, we, we, me and uh, I and uh, Solomon were talking about this yesterday. Um, True freedom isn't without some form of restriction or some form of bondage. Let me use that word. It's not a um, word people might like to hear, but if you really, really think about it, it is true. Or it isn't without some form of Yes, restrictions or us being bound by something. So for you to be completely free from one thing, it means you have to be bound by another thing. Do we, I don't know if we agree with or we understand or we agree with that statement. If I go further, do we understand? Yes, yeah. Okay. I thought you understand. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Okay. So, because it's telling us, it's giving us two options spirit and flesh. It depends on who you. If somebody re rejects and resists God and say, I want to be free, the, the, the thing is, yes, it just depends on what are you free from or who are you free from. But Take no, uh, make no mistake, that freedom is also bondage to something or to some things. Somebody who wants to be free from God will automatically be bound by the flesh or many things. So it's like God, Christ, giving us new life is like him is like like a maiden being bound by 
okay, having many taskmasters, being a slave to many taskmasters, to 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 different works of the flesh, and then or to sin, to the world, to Satan, and then Christ comes and says, okay, I want to pay, I want to buy this person. What does it cost? They say, ah, it will cost you so much, it will cost you everything, because you have to pay for each have to pay to each of the maiden's task. You have to pay to each of the maiden's taskmaster. And Christ says, I'm willing. And then he begins to pay off. At the end, it cost him everything. But now he's buying her so that she now belongs to him. The only thing is that before, she was bound to many things, to many taskmasters, wicked and wicked and heartless taskmasters. But now she's now bound to a good shepherd. And after a while, he looks upon her and tells his servants, clean her up. I desire to marry her. So he takes her for a bride. So now that she's she's now devoted to one person, to one Lord, to one master, to one, yes, to one master. So Paul telling us, walk in the spirit or do not obey, do not go back to obey. It means you have been paid for and you have the power in by the spirit to live to be married to Christ, to live this life that Christ wants us to live by the Spirit. Do not go back to your old lovers. Do not obey the, or do not yield or answer the call of your old lovers, of your old masters. For they have no hold over you again. So do not answer their call, lest you give birth to their children or to the works of the flesh, which is like their children. So I was saying true freedom isn't without some form of restriction or some form of bond, um, bonding or bounding or bondage. Because for us to be completely free um, from the flesh unto God, it is to be bound by God unto his righteousness and his love through the Holy Spirit, being submitted to him. That is the only way we can be completely free from sin, completely free from flesh, completely free from the world, completely free from its lust, completely free from self and from Satan. As Paul says that it is the love of Christ that constrains us, that compels us. When you're in Christ, the only reason why you will not go off, because now you're free, the only reason you don't go off to do as you want, as you like, is because something compels you. You are now, uh, a, a preacher say you are now, you are, you are bound by love unto Christ. So even though in this new thing you have, you still have the power to, to, to escape and go back to your old. You choose 
you are given the power to choose not to. You are not come. You are not. Um, you are not forced, but it will be reasonable for you and I to yield now to our new master, to the one who bought us with his blood, with his life. So Paul says, therefore I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. He says, which is your reasonable service. Meaning, The, 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 the reasonable response to what Christ has done for you and I is to present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. So, I mean, there are more things, but because of I still want others to just share something. So I think I would I will stop here. But one thing I want to say is um if you if we go if we go to I'm mean, not really personally going to we'll go into it together, but I'm not really going to Romans 8. There's a lot in Romans 8, so I'm trying not to really touch it because if I touch it. I will, I will just keep going. Sorry, did someone say something? Okay. So, but one thing I wanted to mention in Romans 8, just one thing, is somewhere where in verse 12 and verse 13, of verse 12 to 14, this is the last thing I would say, and I will just leave the floor open. From verse 12, Romans, it says, uh, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. I don't know if we took note of that first line. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are what? Debtors. A debtor is someone who is who owes, who is owing, probably owing money or owing something. So Paul reveals here that we are debtors. But the question again we ask is who are we owing? But he says it is not this uh, 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 debt that we have is not unto the flesh, it's not unto the sinful nature. It's not unto the world. It's not unto self. That is to live according to it. But unto Christ. But unto Christ. Because why? He bought us with a price. A very heavy price. His blood. His life. And not just any blood or life. But the life and the blood of our righteous God and Savior. So 13 says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. You will die, meaning in dying, you will die. So there will be, the ultimate death is separation from God. 
But because now, like I said, the flesh already has a pathway and the end of it is corruption and death. So anything that is in it or operates with it will also come to that end. But the pathway of the spirit leads to life and peace and anything that attaches itself or yields itself to that pathway will also reap that end of life and peace. Life here and also life that transcends time. So it says if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And I want to read just that verse in uh, the Amplified, the classic edition, the Amplified Bible. It says, for if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, says you are habitually putting to death the evil, making extinct, dead name, the evil desires or the evil deeds prompted by the body, says, and you shall really and genuinely live forever. So I want to tie this to the scripture that I full brought up of Luke 9.23. says, he who desires to follow me should, first of all, what? Deny himself. Which is what the scripture is saying, that if you live, if you live through the power of the Holy Spirit, it says you are continually, you are habitually, what? Put into death. So the more you live by the Spirit, when you, sub, you are submitted to the Spirit, the more the hold and the grip of the flesh will be loosed, the more the flesh will die. That desire, and then your spirit man becomes stronger than flesh as long as you continue to feed your spirit man and to yield your spirit man or you yield your vessel to the spirit of God, then you will live forever. That's what the other, of course, 14 now says, for as many that are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. But this is what also the same Galatians 5, the last few verses says, Verse 24, and those who are Christ's, as those who belong to Christ, have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires, which is what we say, habitually putting to death the desires of the flesh, because now they are yielding to the spirit. And he tells us how in verse 25, he says, if we live in the spirit, as if we now have life, if we say now that we are in the spirit, then let us also walk in the spirit let us also be yielded to the spirit it says let us not become considered provoking one another envying one another which those are the works of the flesh of course but yeah let me let me stop here and just leave the floor open to anyone who wants to say wants to say something but I hope I, I was able to communicate something with everything that was said. Was I? Yes, you did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Okay, so please, the floor is open. Please, so let's, you can share if God laid anything in your heart or more things based on what we've read. Uh, okay. Yeah, thank you so much, bro. Like, you've, you really said a lot and you've touched on so many things. I don't know. I just feel like maybe, um, you know, uh, the angles that he, you know, that he spoke to me, I don't know, it's quite, you know, the way that you, you put it is very, very like, you can, we can easily relate to it. I did mm. get so, uh, we, can, we can easily relate to it. So when you said that, you, you know, sometimes just trying to understand that, we find out that like when we want to do something that is even good in itself from you know from mm-hmm. a very good conscious state of mind but if it is a flesh there's it's it there's a level of corruption and it will yeah. corrupt it no matter how good it is yes, that yes, is so very very like corruption. profound <clears throat> because even the word of the Lord said that whatever the touch the flesh touches in the will of God this is what the word mm-hmm. he said he said it will Corrupt it. Corrupt. Whatever the flesh touching the will go, it will corrupt it. So uh, that is strong, you know. But you know, when I was looking at the word, you know, walk <clears throat> uh, in Galatians 5 16, you know, that mm. to say, This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. You know, and I'm like, okay, why do we need to walk in the spirit? You know. That was where it started from for me, and of course, uh, so that we will not fulfill the desire of the flesh. You get okay, and the next thing, okay, yes, okay. When you fulfill the desire of the flesh, how do you fulfill the desire of the flesh to which, to which, uh, medium you know, and the medium is what is through our body. Mm. You get through mm. our body, and it's trying to what I'm trying to do is to show us, uh as much as possible, you know, I pray that it's not to, we're not confused. It shows the relationship between, you know, the spirit and our body. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to do now, you know, mm-hmm. the way, the reason why we should not work in the flesh is that we should not fulfill the loss of it. And how do we fulfill is through our body. And uh, this we see, uh, we see again, the, the same sustained, this in verse 25 let's go to five, verse 25 yes of the same galatians and see it in tpp uh, message translation you know just going in depth more you know in 25 in, in same kgb said if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit now do you see how, mm. how, how it is now if we live in the spirit so is we can live in the spirit, spirit of God in us, or we might not walk in the spirit. And mm. what does this mean? You know, what is it trying to say? I'm just trying to uh in TPP, it said that if the spirit is the source of our life, you know, then we must also allow the spirit to direct every aspect of our lives mm-hmm. and how do we relate with every aspect of our life we use our body right 
in every aspect of our life. It is our body. It's the same body that we use. Okay. So uh, in message translation, you know, it said that since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our heart. This is something that, you know, is kind of obvious and we can relate with, you know, so many mm. we, still, we can say this, you know, we have, we have Christ, we've been born again, we're, mm. you know, everything we do now, is, you know, is by the spirit, you know, is by the, you mm. know, no, no, there's, there's something you should understand. There's the head knowledge to some things we understand and there's the practicality. Mm. of it so most people live by the head knowledge and that means that okay whatever they do you know since that they're giving their life to christ it is by the spirit mm. right. do you get yeah. I come and sing i can come and do this i can build something i, I get will come to mind oh yes it's you know there's nothing wrong god. in it things from god you know because i've been redeemed you know this kind of stuff so i'm just trying to lay some stuff down so i'm continuing you say that he said that and we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our heart, but work out its implications. It has implications in every details of our lives. Okay, so now, like I said, I'm just trying to relate, you know, the spirit and this body. And there are three main functions of this body. You know, like like I said, this body that we have, eh, it it is good because it's come from God. You get, but also it is bad. There are two sides to this body now. Mm. That is the reality. Okay, so the three functions of the body that God intended was is is three things. For one, identify identification as, as a unique person. If you look at all of us, we are all unique in our ways. Mm. So this, I'm just trying to explain the daily function of the body unique in our ways, the way we look, the way we know, you know, that was why God created this body here on earth. You understand? You need a body here on earth to really be able to do things here on earth. So there's identification. And the second thing is to participate in the world. That is the way you act. You get that's the second thing. Mm. And that is that means that the way we experience the world, in this second part, there are some kittens, you understand? When you participate, the way is that you experience the world and so that we can do God's business. There are two kittens as we are participating in the world. The reason is that so that we can do God's business. And the third thing is, this body, we use it to communicate with others. Instead, the way we communicate, mm-hmm. the way we relate, our looks, our talks, you know. So these are the three main functions of the body. So I will just read an excerpt, then I will go into what the Lord was telling me, an excerpt from a book. So I'll just read it quickly. You know, he said, God had a plan for humankind to follow in the use of the body. You know, he intended for people to replenish the earth subdue it and rule it but the first human being failed to do what god asks instead of being partners with god this is the second thing 
function of the body. Remember, he's supposed to participate with the world, to experience the world. But this means that what doing God business, like I said, and this is the emphasis here that person saying, you know, you know, the first human being failed to do what God asks instead of being partners with God in ruling the world. They selfishly decided to do things their own way. Every man falls into this category. That is why Paul is admonishing us to walk in the spirit, to allow the spirit to control every area of our life. Every man naturally, no matter how good you think you are, no matter how pious, no matter how you know, calm and cool and collected you are, you fall under this category. You know, so as the result was chaos. The good bodies of those people were invaded by a sinful right. nature. Okay. Do we get now? So I'm just trying to, yes. you know, relate this spirit, you know, you know, walk in the spirit and you shall not, the missionary is talking about our body, how it is related, you know. So I said the most important reason for God admonishing us to walk in the spirit. This is what I got, you know, I said the most important reason that I believe that God is admonishing us to walk in the spirit is because man can begin to gain control over self back. And by so doing, God can be honored. God can be. So this is the main thing that you told me. And, I, and, I will, I will, and by the time I'm to understand where, what this really means, you know, so... The next thing is that what is the primary reason for creation? You know, what is the primary reason for creation? Would anyone like to answer that? Yes, yeah, so, to give God glory. So we're, we're created to we created us not to give glory to man, but to him. Okay. Okay. So you say that to give God the primary reason for creation, right? Creation is everything with man, with everything, sky, you know, out something. So it's to give oh. God glory. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Please, does anyone have anything to, to say or different? All right. So just, yeah. No, I so said that's the ultimate. Well, go on. Yes, yes, yes. So to to put it in a more you know um, simpler time, or I don't know, you know, the primary reason for creation is for purpose. The primary reason for creation is for is purpose. Mm. Is purpose. Everything God made, there is a purpose in His mind. So the primary reason for creation is not man in itself. I don't know, there's this ideology that we feel that man, if you look at what you understand, so many of these rebellious acts that we're seeing is because there's a, there's a mentality that man, that is being inscripted in our minds, you know, about man, you know. Mm. So we get, no, the primary reason for creation is not man. So that man, you know, is purpose. So I said, so when man find purpose, he found and understand himself. So as a man is the secondary reason for creation in the God order of things. And we'll see this in Genesis 1.26. Please let's quickly go there. Genesis 
Okay, so I read. It said, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over this, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. We get, we see, see, there is the first thing they say, and God said, let us make man in our image. There is a purpose that why man was made. So purpose surpasses even man himself. So it, it, as we say, I said that man trying to fight his real self is the reason behind all the chaos we are presently experiencing. Mm. But as I said, man trying to fight his real self is the reason why we are experiencing. And this we see in Genesis 3, 4 to 5. I will click again. Genesis 3, 4 to 5. It's just pardon me, I'm going somewhere. We'll, we'll, we'll understand in a bit. Genesis 3, 4 to 5. I read, you know, said, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, this is the conversation you know, between the serpent and the woman. God had said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and it shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Hmm? So th- 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 this is where the cure started from, that man wanted to have a different identity that is not consistent with the purpose that God made man. And this brought about the same, and it is the same, same issue that is still, being, that is still happening in the world that we live in now. So I said, uh, now I, I said that in the dominion mandate, that is what we say found in Genesis 1 26. There are two things there. There's a dominion mandate there for man. And there is, so I said, in the dominion mandate, man can't really be said to have failed. And this is true. Man can be said to have failed. If you look at our world around now, man is really having dominion. But does having dominion means that man is walking in the spirit. I'm just trying to analyze that aspect because what is having dominion, you know, if we add up everyone's, you know, exploits, you know, things that people have done now, you will find out that man has really, you know, they've really gone far in this dominion mandate. So that's what I'm trying to say, you know, when we see things, we think that, well, God is pleased, you know, everything is, you know, we have so many breakthroughs in science, in research, in so many things, you know, since technology is advancing, people are having, you know, other things, they are deceptions, you know. So in the dominant mandate, that man can't really be said to have failed. And we can see this in James 3, 6 to 12. And that, our phrase, that James 3, 6 is talking about that, you know, that in everything that man has successfully tamed everything, if you look at that, James 3, 6 to 12, because of time, I'm good there. It's talking about that our man has tamed everything. That was what James made us realize that everything man has tamed. But the only thing that man has not been able to tame is the tongue. And he was saying that the tongue is set on fire by hell. 
And what that is trying to say when I get up with the way is that control, there is something that man has not been able to have control over. Yourself. Man has been able to have control over every other thing. But having control over every other thing doesn't connote that God is pleased with that because there is a main thing that man should have control over and man doesn't have control over this thing. And that is self. We don't have control over ourselves. We can relate with this in several, I don't need to mention names. We, if we examine ourselves, so far, so good. You find that, ah, like, why do I do this? Why do I do I do? There are so many, why, 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 why am I finding myself? This thing is, is it possible, you know? But on your side, so we have been saying to say, you find out that control over self is what man has not been able to. You know, I said, there are two faces in the creation of mankind, which you find in Genesis 126. There are two faces there. And, and this is where it's getting more deep. You say, and the first one is that because it let us make man in our own image, our, after our own likeness. That is the God face. God face. And the second face said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over the creeping things that creep upon the earth. That is the man face. So man is succeeding in the man's face, but in the God's face, man is failing. And that is why the issue of control has become an issue. I said, from the above, we can deduce that there is a primary and secondary aim for creating man. You know, there's a primary aim and the primary aim is the God face in our image, according to our own likeness, meaning that there is a spirit the spirit of God so, is so, the so, one. So, so, sorry, what was the God face again? Sorry. Okay. The God face is, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. That is the God face in the creation of man. You know, the reason why man is created like that is to partner with God. Don't forget. It's the reason why my husband is to partner with God that here on earth, man will rule, but will not rule by himself. Will rule sure. by the partnership of the Holy Spirit with man. So there are two faces. That is the God face in the creation of man. And the second phase, like I said, is, you know, have dominion, have this, over the future, about something. And that is, we are, man is succeeding, you know, everything is... Man is succeeding in this one. I said from the above, we can deduce that there, there, there's a primary and secondary aim for creating man. The primary aim is the God face, and the secondary aim is the human face. You know, I said the primary aim was, was where the impact of rebellion was felt the most. That is where this was felt the most. I said, it is in this primary aim, I'm talking about the God's face, that the stability of man lies. That is where the stability of man lies. And until man sees himself as incomplete, until man begins to see himself as nothing without God, you know, it will not be easy. I'm just trying to, to butcher the point why there's need for us to walk in the spirit. Why there's need for all for the spirit to be in control. That was how we were created. 
That was the purpose. I, I said there is the purpose that that's the purpose. There are two faces to it in the image of let us make man an abdomino, you know. So man is operating by the second purpose. The first one, the main one, the crucial one, man has lost it. Um, so I said it is in this primary aim that the stability of man lies because the governor's spirit was that of God. Mm-hmm. These are treated. The governor's spirit in that, that image, likeness, there is something attached to it. It is the spirit of God who is very stable. Very stable. And Let's look at Galatians 5, 22 to 23, the fruit of the spirit. Now we're explaining that Galatians 5. So emphasize the issue that God is very stable. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. He said, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such, there is no law. What does this mean? I said, each of the fruit of the spirit is more than an emotion. There's some things that we need to understand. Each of the fruit of the spirit, we see that they are not emotions. You can't say that you love today, if it's the love of God, and you don't love tomorrow. I don't know if you can relate with this you know, when you look at the fruit of the spirit, I, I don't know for me, I, please, I, I can see some, like, like I'm putting in some more, you know, than the others. And I'm amazed that, you know, there's some things that I just find myself that I can't do, you know, before I was doing it, do you get, but because I've grown in the Lord, you know, at least to some extent, I just find that I can't do some things. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'll be amazed, I'll be, I'll be asking myself, I'm telling you, just in what, what's, why is it that, me, I can't do this thing, but others are doing it. Not doing it is like, uh, no, no, no. Like this part of, there's a part of me that, example, like I can't, the, the way I love, is not normal. People don't love this. I'm just saying that, look at the foot of the spirit in your life, like some aspect, it's not normal now. Why is it that I can't even just eat, no matter what this person, no matter what the, you know, all these questions mm. has been in my head and I just found out the reason behind it they are stable. This is of the spirit. Once you have them, they are not emotions. It's not based on emotion. So if you love me, bro, you, you don't love me because I, I, I did something good. I did something bad. So it's going to say that whatever not somebody does to you, you are you, you just love the person. Even though you may decide to, okay, let me just keep some distance, you know, it's just to not to make any kind of conversation, but you just want to if the person needs your assistance and still comes to you, mm-hmm. you just find yourself doing it. I don't know where it gets, you know. Whereas, you, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, the, the way you will, will relate with other, other people, just based on, you know, uh, emotions, uh, emotions, the love mm-hmm. you have, emotion. I love you to, today, tomorrow, I don't, I, I don't love you today. No, 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 no. It is the fruit of the spirit. And how you know is that is not, is more than an emotion. It is a stable trait of a character. And that character is of God. Each of these is a stable straight of character. So I said, I believe this was the missing piece in all that man began to do after the fall. 
that, that is the missing piece. So every success man began to achieve year on earth without the missing piece was only bringing dishonor to God. And I was explaining that because the same man winning in the dominion mandate was failing in self-control and has been giving himself to all sorts of depraved and immoral things which is not consistent with the nature of God. So the way that man can get hold of himself back or be stable is by the government of God, which is when his spirit begins to rule man back. We must all go back to the if that is not in our minds, in our areas, this is the truth. We must all be striving to go back to this, that every part of my life, that is, there's no part that can be left out. There's no part that is good. Because the way that the word has been good for us is not the way that good is. And only God is good. Mm-hmm. That, this was what, even what Jesus said. When they call him good, he said, no, no, only God. So when the spirit of God is not the one, there is no, it is not good. How produce good works? It can't. So um begin to read by so let's let's see the use of these words. You know, just to protect uh, my point, let's see the use of these words. You are not your own, but at a price in order to honor God. Because I said something that anything that man is doing you know, is only bringing dishonor to God. And you may wonder, despite all the breakthroughs in science, you know, cure about this, uh, can you, as much as we, as much as all this thing that is happening, mm-mm. it will not honor God because it is not his spirit that is at work. It is man. It is the nature of the sin, natural life. So, so let's see the use of this word. Please just open to First Corinthians six. Sorry, 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 sorry. This uh, this particular topic is is very very deep. Mm-hmm. This 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 topic. Please, if you are to title this topic, what would you title it? I need I need like to do further research. Is what we titled it now? Yes. Is what yes. Walk, walk, walking in the spirit. Yes. 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 The importance of walking in the, the spirit. Importance of the important. Mm, 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 uh, like I said, Neil, I've said so many things. I'm telling you that we cannot gloss over. But I don't know when he was teaching me. It just went deeper into things behind, and it helped me. I don't know, and it helped us to be able to understand better and relate well with this, so that when we are holding on to working with the spirit, we know what we are really holding on to. We are striving, we are saying no, because I know this is not, this is not consistent. This will not honor God. So, 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 so basically, my understanding of everything you have said so far is that okay. you, can't, you, can't, you can't really sort of, you can't really please God unless it's through the spirit. Yes. yes. Ah. Yes, you can't. Yeah. It doesn't because because it doesn't recognize the flesh. The flesh cannot cannot glory cannot please God. 
Et quand tu es glorifié, il est beau. Alléluia. Ok. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate everything everyone has said. Um, and what Emmanuel is trying to say. But like you said, Afo, the topic, it's, it's, um, it's very deep. But as deep as it is, it's still as um, shallow as it also is. Um, my phone actually is about to go off. So it's important I just contribute. You see, there are three entities in creation, in, on earth and in heaven. But if you notice out of the tree, there is one that is consistent, which if you think, if you look at it, is the spirit. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the, uh, the Spirit. Then for man, we have blood, water, and the Spirit. Now, without the Spirit, the mind of God, which we are created to serve, which we are created to please, can only be known by his spirit. So, in summary, whatever religion you are doing that doesn't have the backing of the spirit of God, like the Bible said, as many as are led by the spirit, those are who are called the children of God. And those that are the children of God are the only ones that can inherit the inheritance that is designed by God from the beginning. So I and Leonel were sharing this topic yesterday and we talked for a long time. The thing is, whatever we are teaching anybody, as we are bringing people to Christ, it is very important that we introduce them to the Holy Spirit. If not, if not, it will just be mere religion. If they don't come in contact with the Spirit of God, they are not introduced to the Holy Spirit. That's what we have in the churches today. You have a church without the Holy Spirit. And that's why the country fails, the nations are failing, because they are not led by the one that has the blueprint of the manuscript of creation, which is the Holy Spirit. It's the one that knows what is true. Every other thing outside the Holy Spirit is a lie. But I, the guy did theology from here to Jamaica. That's why I don't like theology. I'm not, I don't hate them, but I don't really, I don't, I don't really like wow them because if you're doing theology without the holy spirit you are just doing philosophy and that's why they graduate and they call them doctors of philosophy or whatever but the spirit is the only one which can show you the way to please god the spirit may ask you may not condemn your dreadlock and you may condemn another person's dreadlock you understand uh-huh. so it's the spirit that justifies whether you are righteous or you are not. So it's key. It's a key thing that we seek to find and to get a, a, an alignment with the spirit of God. If not, whatever we are doing, how would you know you are doing the wrong thing? How would you know what is wrong and what is right? It's only the spirit of God that can say that even by this by the grace and the spirit of God, we know that there are some things that are wrong. Right now, you may be doing some things you think is right because it doesn't break the Ten Commandments. 
But if you now go through the mirrors of the Spirit of God, you will now realize that you will now tell you to stop doing some things as you want to work with him, which to the normal people's eyes is not a crime, but to him is a crime. So it's key. It's just, that's just for me. Whatever explanation we're trying to explain might confuse everything. God's spirit is the unifier in the heavens and on earth. It's only the spirit that is common. So when he created man, he breathed into him. And that was how the spirit, and it's that spirit that will return to God. But that spirit will now justify the soul, which he definitely will now be the one that will dwell with the father in heaven. But either way, either your soul is justified by the spirit as righteous, or your soul is condemned by that same spirit as unrighteous. So I may be doing religion, but I am not in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Then whatever I'm doing is fake. It's a lie. So it's a very key thing that we find the ways of the Spirit, the path of the Spirit. This is the only way to spiritual progress in God. And that's how we we'll do the will of God. Whether you are in the desert, the Holy Spirit can now tell you today, tomorrow, that Emmanuel, for Leonel, you go to Jamaica, you go to one village in London, you go to, you may choose to be a pastor in Lagos, a very large crowd, but you may decide and tell you to go and pastor just three people. And you think doing the pastoring of 100 people is the, the best thing, the biggest thing, but to him, the person that obeys to pastor three people and the person that is in disobedience, pastoring a million, in fact, it's in disobedience. It's not recognized. Heaven doesn't recognize that guy. With all the miracle signs and wonders, heaven doesn't recognize it. It's that one that is not known, that is obedient to the spirits, that is recognized in heaven. Because he obeys the spirit. I think that's just all I have to say. My battery is almost off. So it's a key thing that we press in until we find alignment with the Spirit of God. If not, our religion is vain. Our religion is vain. We can't even know the right thing to do. We can't know it without the Holy Ghost. We can't. We can't know it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Solomon. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Yes, Manuel, please. Okay, so, yeah, thank you, uh, Solomon. So what I'm trying to explain is that, yes, the spirit, we need him. But I'm trying to understand, to explain who we are. So that when you understand who you are, then you understand the importance of the Holy Spirit, why it needs, why you need him. Because man has been exalted above itself. Every knowledge that we gather around in our, in our school, in our environment, in something, is trying to exalt man above what man really is. So I'm trying to take us to a place to understand who we are without the spirit. So that our hunger and test for the spirit might be real and deep. So like I was say, saying, uh, let's open... Um, 
First Corinthians is nineteen to twenty. <laughs> Okay, so I read. It said that do not do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? This is what the world upon in redemption. You are not your own. So many people think that man is his own. We are in control. We are the one really things. We are the one making things happening. Without us, nothing can be put in place. Nothing can exist. Nothing can prosper. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. And I say, therefore, look at the word, therefore, honor God with your body. The Tigriki was there, I'll just say, said, you are not your own, doesn't have the same meaning as you are no longer your own. You know, if if you said that you are no longer your own, that means that there was a time that man was his own. But it has never been, man has never been made to be on his own. It's either he's ruled by the spirit of God or he's ruled by his sinful nature. There's nothing like me. It is my something. It is something is influencing you. So that is that part. I said, meaning not for once was man designed to be in charge as man would like or claim to want to be. Those are the claims that is going on in the world that we live in now. The achievement, the things, the things that we see man doing, the stuff, you know, that drive men crazy. Wow, wow, wow. Look at this, look at this, look at this. You know. That, that's how, when you are telling them, oh, let's take spiritual things serious, they will tell you that who spirit help. All this kind of stuff is because they're trying to tell you that when you strive on your own by something, you can achieve. But whereas all those things is just, you know, is the work of, is, once it is not God there, it's the spirit. Everything has an end. The end is that it will not honor God. I said, this thought is not in, but the same lie that the devil sold for the first Adam. This is the same thought that the serpent was telling the woman that you shall not die. You will become something. You will become something. You will become something. Mm. Something that is apart from the original purpose why you were created. And it, and you know, it was sold for the woman and she enjoyed and she took it. It is the same thing that's being sold to us in our environment today, through the songs that we listen to, to our neighbors, to the songs, everything they're trying to sell and the world is trying to sell an idea of who we are not to us. So, and to push this point, you know, he said that in the next phase, he said that you've been bought with a price. Before something can be bought, it must fall under the category of a commodity. That was what essentially saying. Before something can be bought, it must fall under the commodity because of commodity. And a commodity is the opposition of one that has a real and independent existence. Just trying to put it to this point. Commodity 
what the opposite of it is it is is, is the opposition of one that has a real that means we are not real ourselves and independent we are not independent man is meant to be dependent existence lastly it, it says therefore honor god with your body by having it under control why in pursuit of our daily lives. Having dominion has been coming at the expense of us losing ourselves. That's it. Having this dominion, the achievement we are seeing is coming at an expense. And the expense is that man is losing himself. And lastly, I close this. And this is what he said that, you know, in this scripture in Mark 8, that he said, for what shall it profit a man Exactly. If he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul. So that's it. I'll stop here. Hmm. Thank you so much for for that um um angle you know it's it's very true very very true but before you read that last statement Millie said you know that uh, um, man is um, is in order to fulfill that domain you know dominion face or he's losing himself that's exactly the scripture just came to mind what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and then lose his soul himself, you know. And that's again, that's if you see every aspect of life or life here without the spirit, you find out even in the things of God without the spirit, you find out that it has the potential to, or you you are led into the trap of completely losing yourself to that thing. So in other words, worship. In other words, worship, right? So um, we give ourselves to so many things. But when it comes to God, the one whom we're created to, like you said, for purpose, we're created to give ourselves to. We refuse, you know, and that is the key thing. That is the key thing. The only the, the difference between um, the man Jesus, the Lord Jesus, as he walked the earth, is that he was given to God completely, and that was the that's the difference. It was from that point that he did all he did and as he did all he did all he did please god you know um i mean like you said there are many people who must have done even more philanthropy you know but um was it was it in god was it by the spirit that's the question so, but yeah, thank you so much for that. Uh, um, it, 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 you know, you begin to understand 
the need, like you said, the importance, the need to allow yourselves to, or allow ourselves to be yielded to the spirit. Because that's the only way we can bring forth the kingdom of God. And remember when we were talking about the kingdom of God, I, you realize that you know the word kingdom in, in Hebrew is a word called uh, uh, ah, forgotten that word. Um, I've forgotten the word. Maybe I'll look, for, I'll look for it. But the meaning of kingdom in Hebrew is actually kingdom within. It's kingdom within. That's why Jesus said, the kingdom of God is neither here nor there. It's even it's within, even in thy mouth. So it's within the, someone else said, the kingdom of God is actually the kingdom of the kingdom of God within. Because for God to take over the earth, he must first of all take over man. Um, because I realize that the kingdom of God, God seeks to dominate the earth. But like Emmanuel said, not without man, but through man. Through man. So the kingdom of God is simply basically that realm or um, there's a way I wrote it down the other time. It's God seeking to, you know when we say that kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God seeks to um, have dominion over the earth but through man. And if it has to be through man, the first dominion has to be over man or in man and then man becomes a conduit or a channel for heaven to also now have dominion here on earth so yes that is very um, very essential that we see um, the need and the importance of walking in the spirit. When we understand it, then it we've crossed the first stage. The next stage is, okay, God, I know the need. Please help me. And we seek it. Help me to walk in the spirit. Help me to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Not just because, oh, it won't, again, not trying to link it, not always trying to link it to self, or because, oh, maybe the flesh, if I walk in the flesh, it won't, it will harm me. No, it's not just, it's not really about us, but because that is not the original purpose, like Emmanuel said, of God creating us. We're never created to be controlled by the sinful nature. Emmanuel, you want to say something? Yeah. Just something just came to my, you know, it's like, uh, 
you know, there's this stuff now that, okay, uh, go and conquer in this something, in this sphere, go and conquer in this sphere, you know, <laughs> as much as you want to go and conquer. If God hasn't conquered you, eh, he's not interested in... You are going God. to do worse. It is you that God wants to first conquer before he sent you mm. to any place to go and conquer. So there's to a dress in the body, you know, in this body, go and conquer, go and conquer the seven mountains. You come back and wound the so many wounds. On that to even you find out that um if you don't understand that we we'll, we'll go there and even do the wrong thing because uh, if if for example it's funny as you brought that up is for example if I you know we say okay let me go and conquer this this the the the, the media space or the movie space or the music space. If if God has not conquered me in that area, like Manu just said, in the sense that I don't see, I call evil good and good evil. I still call evil good. I call immoral okay. Then with which mindset or with which ideas or with which nature am I going to conquer? You understand? What am I going to conquer there? You know, so yes, before we can even conquer anywhere, God has to conquer us. Then it is from that which He has put in us, and we go there and be coined with. And He is ruling that place, but through our vessels, through us partnering with Him. Oh yeah, it's a very it's a very broad topic, you know. It's a broad topic that if we we can continue for the next two hours <laughs> and we'll still not exhaust um everything. Oh yes, does anyone have any um last things they want to share before we just quickly pray? So, uh, just like, uh, please, if I confuse anybody, please, I'm sorry. That's not my purpose. So, so please, I'm not, I didn't mean to confuse us at all. I know. Yeah. Just was anybody confused? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the way it's. Why don't you confuse me? No. <laughs> He's joking. <laughs> I just think everything is I remember you were talking about something um, around understanding. I don't know, a couple weeks ago, that just same thing, like people would come and tell you, oh, the Bible did not say, which, uh, the smoking is not in the Bible, you, this is not in the Bible. It didn't say mm. this, that. And mm-hmm. then that means, you remember you were talking about that, Leo, right? That means mm. the person lack understanding, certain things, you know? Mm. So, uh, it's just around understanding and how the Holy Spirit can help help someone, you know? So you Solomon and Emmanuel, you didn't confuse us at all. You guys have spoken well and you know, thank you for the knowledge. All glory to God, my brother. You know. So just because it's not written, like it's just like you just said, just because it's not written in scripture, <laughs> you know, doesn't mean 
it pleases God and will mature and grow and become truly become sons when we move from the realm of is it a sin or is it not a sin to God, does this please you or does it not please you? You know, can I just can I just say something? There was, yes. there was a, there's one in the Bible, yeah, that's Mm. That's, I think, correct me if I'm wrong. He said the, that this person was a man after his own heart. So, so basically, like, it was David. I think it was David, yeah? Yeah. David. And, you know, David, David you know, committed some, let's say, like, powerful sins. <laughs> You know, he, he, he murdered someone and he committed adultery. But mm-hmm. God still said that he was a man after his heart. And, you know, that, that, that got me thinking that, you know, you know, even after what he had done and for God, like God to, to say that, yeah, that, that, that means that I don't. I don't know how to explain what I want to say. Actually. <laughs> there's just. There's just something. There's something deeper that God, you know, wants from us mm. as 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 man, and it's not. It is. And 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 I think it's been rightly said that you know is is more of the spirits, more of that spirit side rather mm. than the man side. So the man can do or make every effort. And do if, a lot of... If it's not from that mm. spirit's side, then mm. it, it's, not really, it's not really recognized. Oh, yeah, mm. I, 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 I'm not getting a quote that um, I wanted to say, but... I understand. But, but yeah, that's not what you're saying. Mm. That's not what you're saying. Because even... When you, when you read at the end of David's life, it is said of him that, and this is what was said of David, I can't remember, but it says that David did all that the Lord, he did all that the Lord had commanded him to do, except for the issue of that which you mentioned. You understand? Mm-hmm. Keyword. Except for that issue of the Uriah and Bathsheba, for which, of course, you could, we see if you read the story, you see that he went through the consequence of that, which was bore. As God told him, I would I will not take my mercy from you, Ohio. But he will he told David, this such shall not depart from thy house. But the testimony of God over David at the end was man after my own heart and David did all that the Lord had commanded him to do except for the issue of Uriah. Do you understand? So at the end of the day, it is God that declares a man yes. righteous. Sorry, I don't, and, I don't know if... Mm-hmm. 
I know. Sorry, I sorry to cut you short. I'm, I'm not used to doing that. I'm sorry. I was no, just no. gonna say. I know he was trying to make say something about David's whatever, but I don't know if he was Pastor Romeo or someone that was trying to make the difference between David and Adam or something. I can't remember one time I was listening to him speak. He said the difference mm. was when David did God or used that prophecy. Tell David who did that thing. David did not blame it on someone else like Adam mm. did. He mm. took responsibility immediately. So fine, he did that. You know, sometimes you can always say, okay, if we have done certain things, uh, is it not because of Nigeria, just the way people come in and scam other people for money and then they give excuses, uh, is the economy now, uh, mm. this now, this now, they're always looking for someone else to blame it on rather than take responsibility. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's still at the mm. end of the day, the spirit of God, if that spirit is still in you, you will still know what to say. Even when you are wrong, you quickly go back and reconcile with your maker. So I don't, I'm not really sure what you were trying to bring out there, but I'm just trying to tell yeah, you all yeah, the difference. Yeah. You still, I agree with what you said. I, I think that was the key thing that, you know, after David did those things, he, he recognized and acknowledged it through repentance. And he took, took responsibility. Yeah, like he was yeah. accountable for it. Like you saw certain people who say, no, no, it's look for someone else to blame it on. Oh, is this person, is this person, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, and if you look at, if you look at uh, Solomon, yeah, Solomon is, you know, the wisest of men, wisest of men, wisest. And he had a lot of wives and concubines. Someone, you know, someone that you think that is wise, you know that, ah, that, how can you be having lots of wives and concubines now? But mm. he saw nothing like sort of like wrong with that. And he didn't acknowledge and you know take responsibility and, and repent for those you know actions. I'm, I'm just giving an example, you know, and I even think Samson as well, you know, when you know Samson there's you know <laughs> I'm trying to figure out all these things. There's a lot of things in my head. Um, I can't even... <laughs> um, mm. Sorry. Yeah, it's... Um, it goes... You know? Okay. Yeah. No, okay. go on, Solomon. Okay. You know, if, like, I was trying to say earlier about somebody doing something and the, the, Lord, does, the, the Lord does not, like, Challenge the person. It's not like breaking the law. The Ten Commandments, kind of. Why another person is doing that same thing? Spirit is like saying, you can't do this. You have to stop this. You understand? Now, yeah, looking at David, David, God always um, is looking forward for people that are intense, that acknowledge that. Even in today's, in our today's life, Say if you acknowledge your sins and confess them, you will be forgiven, right? So, acknowledging that the fault, which is one thing David is good at, and if you notice, he didn't repeat that thing. He didn't, every time David committed a crime, he didn't repeat it. He didn't repeat it. You know, the census he did by counting, he didn't repeat it. So, that is uh, the point where a uh, man has to ask that, okay, 
in everything they will be expecting. But for a really come up again. So it depends on the thing. I'm going to be messed up for this. But he did it in the flesh for the consequences of that. He did say. He did say. Or, you know, but he repented. So that's just um, the thing. I don't think there's another question we can point David that he points things um, wrong. And anytime the prophet comes, he doesn't out of community and fear for God, he depends. He depends like he was to, you know, from his past. And that is where our intention also is very important. And like I said before, obedience to the spirit is very key. And we can only judge by the spirit. We can't judge anybody, you know, because the spirit is the one that has the rule to tell a man that God justifies. The Romans after it say he predestined some, he predestined some, those he predestined he called, those he called he justified, those he justified, he glorified. Sam also said, Blessed is the man in whom the Lord imputed no sin. You understand? Blessed is the man whom sin is you know, forgiven. So it is God that does justification. You know, it's God that justifies. So you might be looking at somebody that did that. God that, but in the eyes of the spirit, the person might be even more righteous than you are. You know, uh, I give the example. There'll be doing so many good things, but that's not what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. You know, so there's somebody else that is not doing those things you are doing, but it's obeying the spirit in every way the spirit commands. So that's the one, like I said, heaven recognizes. That's the one that's heaven recognizes. That's the one God is saying, This one is after my heart. Because he does everything I commanded, not like Saul. He said, do this, he did another thing. For every assignment David was given, he carried them out to the latter, even at the expense of his life. So, I think that's good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, like I said, we this topic is very 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 broad you can go through the whole scripture but let's just thank god you know let's just thank god for the things that we have heard today you know i personally you know have been blessed by you know the things i've heard and you know i i can see how god is speaking to each person so let's just thank God for his word. Let's thank God for everything that's been said. For his word brings light and understanding to the simple. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Whenever the word of the Lord comes, it is to, it is to shine the light upon darkness. So that we can see clearly and walk in the direction of light, in the direction that he wants us to walk. And in this case, and in every case, to walk in the spirit. So let's just thank him for his word. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you, Jesus, for life that you have given us through your word, through your spirit. 
Thank you for taking preeminence. Thank you for speaking through every verse to everyone who spoke. Saying one thing, shining light. Let's also pray that, Lord, as we are talking about walking in the spirit, and the Lord will enable us to, first of all, see the importance and the need to walk in the spirit. And when we know, when we have that understanding, then that he should help us by the same spirit that we should walk in the spirit to be yielded to him, to, to be led by him for, for the creation. And his creation is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. But that passage also says that they that are led by the spirit of god that these are the sons of god so the world creation is waiting for us to be yielded to the spirit that's what that scripture is saying that creation is waiting for those who will be who shine forth who will be yielded by to the spirit for these ones are the sons of god So, Lord, we ask that you help us every single day in the little things, in the big things, in everything, to walk in your spirit and not in the flesh. In the name of Jesus, that you uphold us with your righteous right hand in everything that we do, in our going out, in our coming, in our eating, in our drinking, in our, th in our thoughts, in our actions, in our words. In our conversations in every single thing, what we what we feed on, what what we watch, what we listen to, what we engage in, activities, whatever, that we allow ourselves to be led by you in the name of Jesus. That scripture says that if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in our mortal bodies that he will quicken us. He's able to quicken us. So we ask, please God, quicken us by your spirit to be able to walk in the direction that our hearts will be yielded to you in the name of Jesus so that we can, we can adequately and effectively be coined with of your kingdom, of your light, of your life, of your word, of your truth to the world that we are in. Scripture says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For darkness covers the earth and gross darkness that is the more the more covert, uh, uh, is it overt darkness, the more prominent darkness is the one that covers the people. But it says, but the Lord rises upon us and his glory shall be seen upon us. That nation shall come to our light and kings to the brightness of our rising. That light that nation shall come to is Christ in us, not self. 
But first of all, the Lord has to arise over us. And that is what we're talking about. That the Spirit of God arises over us, conquers us, has dominion in us, so that He will have dominion through us onto the earth. And that which we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. That's prayer, that scripture will be fulfilled because it is through our vessels. Because it is through the vessel of man that the earth was corrupt, that the earth was cursed. Because he told Adam, because of this you have done, the earth is cursed. That was when problems started. It is also through the body of the perfect man that redemption came. And it's still through the body of his people that his kingdom shall come. So Lord, we ask that we help us every single day we not just pray for ourselves we ask that you help our brethren our brothers and sisters your people your church your bride wherever they are all across the globe to heal to you that we come to the knowledge of the importance and the need to be led by you to walk in the spirit and then we go forth to walk in the spirit in the name of Jesus. For we can do nothing, oh God, without you. We can do nothing without you. We might be doing many things. We can do many things, but nothing that brings forth life. We cannot do. That's what you meant by saying, you, you are the vine, we are the branches. If we remain in you and us, we, we, if we remain in you and you in us, we shall bear much fruit that apart from you, we can do nothing. Not that we can do things, but those things will never bring forth life because it is only life that begets life. So when we are disconnected from the vine, we cannot produce life. We only produce that which is corrupt and that which will die. Because he did not come from the realm of life. He came from the realm of that which is fallen. But when we are connected to you, when we are yielded to you, the true vine, then we can bring forth fruit. Fruit that is able to truly, truly feed the nations. Fruit that is able to truly, truly bring forth life. Help us, O oh God, to yield, to abide in you to yield to your spirit in the name of Jesus. Every obstacle, everything that has prevented it, we ask, oh God, that you take it away in the name of Jesus. Self, flesh, sin, whatever it is, oh God, help us. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed.
Amen. Amen. Amen.